0: Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, John McGee. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, hey, friends, we've got a really fun episode today. I am joined in the studio by Ashley Lawrence. Ashley is the project coordinator for Watermark Resources and has been a part of actually, I think, probably 50, 60 of our last episodes here. And this is the first time the audience is about to hear your voice. So, welcome to the show, friend.
1: Man, this is so different being in this chair.
0: <laughs> so Ashley records our episodes. She edits them, posts them, and really helps us think through uh, this whole show. But this is the very first time she is behind the mic. So really excited. Ashley, uh, when people think about you on this staff, what do you think is the defining characteristic they think of, of Ashley Lawrence? What is it that first comes to mind when they think of you?
1: They know that I am a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan.
0: That's what I thought you'd say. Yeah. <laughs> and so we are in Dallas, Texas and uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles are not friends. They don't send each other Christmas cards. Man, it's uh, hard to
1: be a fan here.
0: <laughs> and so, but why, why well, let's, let's uh, chase that rabbit for a second. Why are you such a fan of the Eagles?
1: So I was born and raised a Philly fan. Uh, my dad helped out with their special teams as a long snapper in the eighties. And I just have been a Philly fan my whole life. And so when I told my family that I was moving to Dallas, they were like, are you serious? Why? <laughs> That's like the forbidden land. Why would you want to go there? And now I'm going on two go. and a half years.
0: But your parents would be, well, your dad has been to the office and he's seen your uh, your desk. You, have, you, you didn't come quietly. You brought all your Philly paraphernalia. You display it proudly. You get really loud before they play the Cowboys. So yes. you get to either gloat. But you also take it like a champ, uh, which I really appreciate. So uh, the last matchup a couple weeks ago, uh, Cowboys won. And, you know, you didn't make any excuses. You just you just took it. It, um, was,
1: it, it was devastating. <laughs> it was to come okay. to work that next day. I was like, should I put a bag over my head? Should I? Okay. Ugh, I don't, don't
0: want to make this about Philly. But can we just agree? <laughs> oh, man. I, I think we can. We can agree that the Eagles fans, Really, I, I love people from Philadelphia. Uh, there's great churches. I got some great friends. But mm-hmm. can we just agree that they really are. The worst fans in like professional sports. Can we agree?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. So you got. They're mean.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've got these videos. You can look it up. There has to be a montage of all the horrible things that. Uh, Eagles fans have done they uh my, most famously I remember just pelting Santa with snowballs mm-hmm. uh there was the those 49ers fans they're just minding their own business they bought their ticket and they just took snowballs Wrong Jersey. From everywhere Wrong Jersey. uh there's a recent yeah there's mm-hmm. there's recent episodes that we you know this is a family show we won't mention um <laughs> just some really terrible terrible fans hey but, if I find uh, a
1: montage I'll put it in the okay. show
0: notes <laughs> let's uh, well, we'll see. Um, we will see. So, uh, Ashley, we got this question recently, and it was from someone we won't mention their name or uh, what church they're a part of. But they, they just had this question: Hey, what do you do if? you are serving under leadership that you just don't respect, you know. So here you are, you're probably younger, you're in a position under someone, uh, you don't respect them, you don't maybe enjoy working with them. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. So first question, have you ever been in a situation like that?
1: Yes, absolutely. So I'm 27 right now. I have worked at Watermark about the last two years. But before that, I have held a few jobs where I've actually been under uh, leadership that I just straight up didn't respect.
0: Yeah, and so I would say I, I just don't know a single person uh, personally that at some point in their leadership journey that they wouldn't say that I resonate with that question. Mm-hmm. That I was somewhere where I didn't respect the person that I worked with or that I worked for. So, out of the gate, one thing I want you to know, uh, if that's you, if you if you've got that same question, is that you're not alone, and really everyone will go through that. The second thing I want you to know is that it's probably part of your leadership development process. And the reason I know that is, uh, a leaders that you know I've talked to will always talk about kind of their journey. In fact, one of my mentors in, in seminary, uh, a guy named Howard Hendricks, said that he actually learned more from bad leaders working under their leadership than he did under good ones. And so he was really, you know, after the fact, he was very, very grateful for, uh, you know, for the people that he served under the honestly, he didn't have a whole lot of respect for. But the second is like, uh, not just people that I, that I know, but you read biblical narratives, you read David, you read Joseph, <laughs> they worked for some really bad bosses, some very unchristianly self-absorbed narcissistic people. And that was actually part of what, what God was was doing. That was part of his plan. That was part of the, the path that he had for them. It wasn't, they didn't take a wrong turn. They were actually on the right path. And I think that would be important to know. And then third is, you know, how you handle this really is going to have a lot to do with the next uh, seasons of your ministry. And you can come out, you can really become better or you can, you know, I mean, not to be cliche, but you can actually become better. And mm-hmm. you, you have a hundred percent control, not over the person uh, that you report to, work with or that's on your team, but you have 100% control over yourself. And this could actually be, could actually be a win if if you're in this position. I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry because it's probably part of God's plan. So Mm -hmm. Ashley, as we have this conversation from your perspective, what's, what's the first thing we need, we need to know.
1: Yeah. So when I was thinking through this, I was thinking through motivation and mindset. And so when it comes to motivation, I just want you to picture this picture. You're the person that's sitting under this leadership and you're thinking, Man, why are we doing this? It seems lame. This is such a waste of time. Why am I doing this work, even if it's just going to get disregarded or unnoticed or maybe... You're the person that is gossiping behind their back about how bad of a decision it was, or you assume the worst and you negatively interpret your leadership's actions, or you show up to work and you're already checked out, you do the bare minimum, you scroll on your phone all day, and you find some other way to fill your time because your work is no longer with
0: <laughs> you. These are hypothetical things, of right? Of course, that yeah.
1: I've never thought any single one of these. Okay. Absolutely not.
0: So, if, but if they did. Yeah, If someone, not you, someone. Yes. Someone uh, other than me. Yes. Yes.
1: So I just want to acknowledge that I think that it's really easy to stay here because it's kind of comfortable to sit and stew in your bitterness because it kind of feels like you're justifying your feelings. And so the next question is, how do we get out of it? Where does your motivation come from? Uh, What motivates you to go into your job every day? Do you think it's recognition? Is it having leadership pick your idea? Is it money or a paycheck? I think that You have to kind of get yourself out of that mindset and think, well, what's motivating me to come and do my job every day? Thinking back to my story, I just want to say that I get it. And something that's important that I want to know is that I could have been misinterpreting the motives behind my leadership's decisions. I was young. I was in my early 20s. Like I mentioned, I'm 27 now. And I straight up could have been wrong. I could have been right, but I also could have been wrong. But that's honestly just how I felt.
0: Yeah, that's good. So I I love that. I love the way you started. You could have been wrong. And here's if I had to make a uh, prediction probably 20 years from now, you're gonna look back, because this is what I would want everyone to know. 20 years from now, you're gonna look back and you're gonna go, actually, some of the things that I was concerned about, frustrated by, that I didn't respect them for, uh, were valid. Mm-hmm. That, you'll have a bucket of those things. You're also gonna have a bucket of things that you go, I was too young to understand what was going mm-hmm. on truly and i regret maybe depending on how you you handled it you could even grieve that season and here's here's what i think i've i've come to learn if you're working for someone else that you disagree with you don't respect those kinds of things uh, it's helpful if you can remember number 1 they probably have more information than you a lot of times we get frustrated because we think we know everything, we disagree with the situation, we don't know everything. So that'd be, that'd be important to remember. Mm-hmm. They may have more information. Number two, they may have more responsibility. So a lot of times we get we get agitated because someone else won't give the same level of attention to whatever it is that we're working on. And it's the most important thing to us because it's one of the only uh, important things to us. But yeah. someone probably, if you're talking about teams or organizations, things like that, um, the person above you probably has many more responsibilities mm-hmm. and so you can think about a pie that can only be cut so many different ways and you need to remember they have more responsibility therefore they can't be as excited uh, or give as much attention to the thing that you're excited about and then you know number three they have more experience now totally. so hopefully they've learned from that experience but there might be some things that they don't jump on the way that you would want to they don't uh, get excited about the way you are because they've seen some of it before mm-hmm. and that's gonna make a whole lot more sense 20 years from now so I don't think you mm-hmm. can zero Zero out your regrets, but you really can minimize them if you keep those three things Mm -hmm. uh, in mind, which I appreciate you just said, hey, keep that other person in mind, have some empathy uh, for them. But okay, so I'm buying, I'm buying what you're saying, but how, Mm -hmm. tell me, practically like how do I make sure that my motives are right how do I have right motives
1: yeah I think so my encouragement to you and don't hear this as some you know Christian cliche cop-out but it's honestly to do a heart check and so what I mean by heart check is check your motives of why you're showing up each day and if it's a selfish motivation you are always going to be let down in ministry if you're showing up for you you're going to be disappointed and so uh, two verses that I think of when I come to why God reminds us about how we should think about work are Galatians 1 10 which just says am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God or am I trying to please people if I were still trying to please people I would not be a servant of Christ and that just answers who am I trying to please and then Colossians 3 23 and 24 whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward it is the Lord Christ you are serving and that just answers who you're serving and so you have to think of every day when you come to work is who am I trying to please and who am I serving and if it's you, or if it's people, or if it's people pleasing, you're always going to be disappointed. And so I think it's easy to think, oh, is, can I just, you know, flip a switch and I'm just going to be so happy to show up tomorrow? Probably not. That's the chances of that are honestly pre- pretty slim.
0: Yeah, actually, I think you're right. I think it's something you have to decide literally every single day if you're in this situation and you're going to have to be uh, locked down on why you do what you do. And uh, like you said, Galatians 1, Colossians 3, I do this for an audience. Of one. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone else recognizes my work and says that was incredible, that'll w- that'll be fun. Great. But if no one does, if no one does, I can still bring my best. I can still find joy and satisfaction in doing what I do, uh, and that will keep you from uh, riding the that roller coaster of do they appreciate me? Do they recognize me? Do they see me? Mm-hmm. Am I getting the accolades? Um, you can just go. I- doesn't matter because mm-hmm. the person i'm trying to impress the person i'm trying to live for is is, is really my audience mm-hmm. and not not this near term this person mm-hmm. the person that i see so yeah. that's going to help us a lot yep. make sure that our motives are right what else uh, what else do you think yeah. uh, someone in the situation yep. uh, needs to keep in mind
1: so when you're checking your motivations the next thing you need to check is your mindset and so when you are thinking about this you want to take a step back you want to look at the whole situation you're looking at you know, you have this leadership that's frustrating you. You're struggling in your motivation. What's going on here? And so something that we say in one of our ministries here called Reengage is that you draw a circle. And so when you draw that circle around yourself, you are responsible for the only person inside the circle. And that's you.
0: Yeah. So in Re-Engage, that's, that's what we say, Ashley. If you want to fix your marriage, you draw a circle around yourself and fix everybody inside the circle. And so you are 100% responsible of whatever percent of the problem that you are in. Mm-hmm. In any relationship, in this one that we're talking about hypothetically— You're going to play a part. In what's not not best and it may not be a hundred percent you know let's just say it was ten you are now a hundred percent responsible for your ten percent that you bring to the problem and so the mentality of working on yourself first gives you so much power uh, mm-hmm. to, to bring about change because yeah. you can do anything you want uh, in that circle you have maximum control over <laughs> there. you're not you're not a victim yep. in that circle and that that's your first step I love that you said that that's, that's your first step you always have a lot of control you don't you're never blocked you know or kept from uh, moving forward if you're working on yourself. So what What are the thoughts uh, yeah. on that, Ashley?
1: Yeah, I think so. You're sitting in the circle. You've drawn the circle around yourself. And I, I want to point out, I think it's going to be really easy when you're at this point to point the finger at everybody else in this situation where you're feeling frustrated. Yes. However, it could be true that they are bad leaders. It could be true that you were under a frustrating leadership you are not responsible for their decisions, but you are responsible for how you choose to respond. And so when you think about how you respond to things, we have five actionable steps let's that go. you can put in place today.
0: This is your first podcast and you're, you've got five <laughs> actionable items. This I've learned well amazing. after being in the seat <laughs> behind said, me you've for said, so long. <laughs> you sat here before. Uh, okay. So let's lock down mm-hmm. yeah, why, why we do what we do. Um, we, we do this uh, for an audience of one. Uh, our mindset, first and foremost, we're working on ourselves. It doesn't mean we're we're responsible for everything, but we're to work on ourselves. And now, Ashley, now you're going to give us the five secret actionable steps. Uh, this is my if, secret if, sauce. If you're, if you're working, uh, <laughs> you're, you're in you know, a working relationship and you just don't respect like uh, you're frustrated by uh, the person you work with. Yep. So you know, take it away.
1: Yep. Number one, be a champion, not a criticizer. And so what I mean by that is, are you gossiping and complaining or are you praying for and bringing solutions to your leadership? Yeah. Are you communicating up to your leadership versus communicating across to coworkers and complaining? And just a side note here, there is nothing positive that is accomplished by commiserating with other employees around you when you feel like a bad decision has come through. However, when you go and talk to your supervisor or you go and talk to someone else in leadership and say, this is frustrating, I need clarity on why we're doing this, that actually has a chance of producing positive results.
0: Yeah, it's so good. And listen, someone who disagrees but is a champion of the idea, the thing, the organization or their boss, they will always get a hearing. And someone who's just a criticizer will not because they assume if their lips are moving, they're they're criticizing. Mm-hmm. But but if out of the same person comes this constant, you know, championing, how can we make this better? I'm all in. Let's do this. Let's go. Uh, I'm so glad to be a part. And I've got some some concerns that that is just so much more palatable mm-hmm. uh, than just criticism. And yep. that will be one of the things you look back on on this season and I will bet you'll say, hmm, I I. I know now, had I been more of a champion, Mm -hmm. I would have had an audience and I would have had a voice. Uh, But because I criticized more, uh, I lost my voice. That's really good. So that's number one. What's number two?
1: So number two is receive and give feedback. And normally you would think you would say, give and receive feedback. But I think it's important that you want to receive first. You have to be on the receiving end of that first. And so just for me, I used to view feedback only as negative because I thought it was someone constantly trying to criticize me. But what I've come to learn is that, if a person is for me and they have feedback for me, they're bringing it to me because they want to see me grow and get better. And so, for example, this podcast is our second take of this episode because the first one just wasn't that great. And we thought about it. John gave me feedback and I was like, hey, you know what? Let's run it again. And so here we are. We're doing this. And I know that he gave me that feedback because he wants me to be better.
0: And you're crushing it. <laughs> you're crushing it. Uh, take even down. as
1: an Eagles fan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: even, though, even though you are an Eagles fan. Who knew? Uh, who knew you could have a great podcast? So uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. On the importance of feedback, it is important for leaders to have people in their corner that can tell them the hard truth. And you want to be one of those people for your leadership. And so when you think about feedback, when you think about approaching it, you want to say, hey, could I ask you a question or are you open to feedback? And if they say yes, great, that is a good open door. And if they're not super open to it, maybe do it less and less. But you want to make sure that you can give your leadership feedback. That's good. And I just don't think that it's very loving to withhold feedback from people that you care about because if you love your leadership, you want to help refine them, and so you want to help them get better, and you want them to look more like Christ.
0: That's right. Yeah, feedback actually is love, but you have to, as you you kind of said uh, and hinted at, they've got to receive it and view it as love. And if they don't, you need to be really careful. We mm-hmm. were actually just with a business leader, and uh, this question came up. And we said, "You know, in your organization, how do you view giving feedback?" Up, he goes, "I just would never do it." I would never do it because literally it's a death sentence Mm -hmm. so I think you need to know uh, who it is that you're talking to but we're gonna assume uh, that you've got uh, well adjusted emotionally healthy spiritually mature (laughs) people that you're dealing with or at least that they want to be and so if you frame it as hey uh, are you open to some feedback Mm -hmm. you know I've I've got a couple I could be wrong totally could be wrong but this I'm wondering this or I'm seeing this are you seeing this but even the way you phrased it Ashley you receive feedback and mm-hmm. give it rather than give it and then receive it and when you model that it becomes so much more mm-hmm. easy for someone to receive it from you when you're constantly asking for it and so it's a really great way to say that uh, receive feedback and also give it so yep. uh, be a champion not a criticizer uh, receive almost said uh, give but mm-hmm. receive and give feedback what's number three
1: so number three is assume the best about your leadership team. And so what I mean by that is if you negatively interpret their actions or motives all the time, that's only going to hurt yourself.
0: That's right. Believe the best. And if you can't, ask for clarification. So once a dis- decision is made, uh, something is put um, you know, uh, into place, into action, and you don't agree with it, at least try. Uh, to find a way to give them the benefit of the doubt, to believe, to believe the best. And now, if you can't, you can always, again, ask for clarification. You can, um, you know, you could have a conversation. But a lot of times, if you'll just take away your first initial visceral reaction, mm-hmm. uh, which oftentimes is negative, and you just go, okay, what could, what could have been behind this? What would I do if I were them? How would I think about this? And you can probably find a way to go. Ah, that's probably what was going on, uh, rather than just ginning yourself up, you know, with this confirmation bias on the negative side, looking mm-hmm. for the negative. If you believe the best, assume that. Best, then oftentimes you can interpret the data, which is not to be disconnected from reality. I'm not, not talking about living in an alternate universe where mm-hmm. you uh, where you see things that are horrific as good. But if you if that's your posture is, I believe the best, and um, and then you know a lot of times that's going to become easier if relationally you're in a good spot with mm-hmm. them. There's any unresolved conflict, uh, and if there's been proximity, and yeah. so a lot of times when I'm not with people for a long time uh, it becomes harder for me to believe the best. When I've spent a lot of time with them, I just automatically believe the best and Mm -hmm. also if i'm in conflict with them i will tend to negatively interpret anything they say anything they do and if we're whole and we're good then i just believe believe the best Mm -hmm. so make sure you get a little bit of time make sure that you are working through any conflict so so good assume the best what else
1: So number four, this is probably one of my favorite ones, but it is find people that are thriving. So you want to look around your organization and find people that enjoy coming to work, that they love what they do. They want to encourage others. You want to be around these people. You want to ask them questions. You want to learn from them. And I think often motivation is going to come from watching other people motivate people. And so you might be thinking, Ashley, I'm looking around my organization and I don't see anybody that is thriving. I don't see anybody that is just, you know, so joyous to come to work today. Great. Great. I have great news for you. You get to be the catalyst for this. You get to be the first one because it's so contagious throughout your organization.
0: Yeah. Well, and this is also a time, this is an amazing time to be alive. You can listen to podcasts and, you know, metaphorically, you can have lunch every day Mm -hmm. uh, with somebody who's positive, who is trying to bring their best irrespective of Mm -hmm. circumstances. You can learn a lot from people. But your point is is really well made flock to the people who are doing well who are energetic and you'll become like them if mm-hmm. you spend time with those who are naysayers and negative and always you know always see the worst possible motives in whatever's going on, then you'll, you will become like them. You are shaped by the people you spend time with. It's that That's really, really good. Yep. Uh, anything else in terms of the uh, tips and tricks?
1: Yep. So the last one that we've got, and probably the most important one, is to pray constantly. And so if you feel frustrated by your leadership, if you're struggling with motivation, if you're like, I don't want to be here anymore, pray for them. Right. It is so much harder to be bitter towards someone when you pray for them.
0: it's yep. good. Always we are to pray for our enemies. And uh, you're probably not enemies with your with your boss with your teammate but we're to pray for our enemy surely we're supposed to pray for those you're with and there's something about seeing someone as a child of God as someone highly valued created gifted by God and uh, you pray for uh the best and uh you tend you tend to uh, really be for them mm-hmm. in a way that uh, you wouldn't have been otherwise so yep. really really good yeah actually I want to jump in here for a second because yep. uh someone's listening to this and they go I've I've, I've done something uh, similar to Ashley's, um, you know, golden five rules, <laughs> but it's been a while, man, what what do I do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you never want to give advice without all the information, but th- here's something I do want to say. It can be okay to leave. Mm-hmm. It can be okay to leave. And most of the people that are listening to this are Christians, which means that, you know, by very nature, we're supposed to be forgiving. By very nature, we're we're living for the other side of eternity, not this one where we don't have to always optimize everything on this side because if we're doing something that you know we feel like contributes to the, the kingdom cause, like it's it's okay mm-hmm. if our lives aren't amazing and, and joyful. So all those things are true. However, because of our faith, sometimes we can feel a sense of responsibility that may or may not be there. Now, if your organization's in a time of chaos, transition, it, it might not be the time to leave. Mm-hmm. But if that's not the case. And you've been, you know, enduring. You go, like my my heart's in a good place. It can be okay to leave. And mm-hmm. and there's going to be just a couple people that listen to this. They're going to be in a situation where people will use some type of spiritual guilt. keep them there so the person above them will say hey if you loved god you wouldn't leave if you loved god you would stay you would endure uh, you wouldn't complain you would be totally fine with this pay cut whatever it is Mm -hmm. and uh, maybe the answer is is maybe to that however that's probably not for them to decide that's for for you to decide And so i wouldn't let i wouldn't keep myself in a position where people were somehow manipulating me with uh, spiritual platitudes or telling me this is god's will those kinds of things they could be right but it doesn't mean that they are, and it, it's okay. It's okay to leave. Don't be quick to leave. But if you uh, you feel like you've you've done all you can do, you've worked on yourself, you've prayed, and, and those kinds of things, it's it's okay. Truly, uh, it's it's okay uh, to leave, and yeah. it doesn't mean that you don't love God. It doesn't mean that you you don't have stamina or that you're not committed. It could just mean that it's time to do something else, and yeah. that's oftentimes a part of a leader's journey. So there are there are some people they start a church when they're twenty two. And, you know, they preach their last sermon 80, you know, the week before they die in that same church that, mm-hmm. that happens. Uh, but for many of us, it will be different places. And simply that just doesn't mean it's it's a bad thing. It could mm-hmm. be just the next, the next season. So yep. really helpful thoughts, friends, anything else before we kind of uh, wind this one down?
1: Yeah, I just have two quick reminders. So say you choose to stay and you're operating under that leadership still, I just want to leave you with these two little tidbits. And so one, something that's said around here a lot is that committing to leadership is committing to being misunderstood. Um, Don, I've heard you say that a lot, but I think that being a church leader is a high calling with great demands. And it's honestly often marked with loneliness, self-doubt, and a lot of unrealistic expectations. So Be thinking of that when you're thinking about your leadership, thinking about their side of the coin as well. And so honestly, the best thing that you can do for your boss is to pray for them. Um, And then the other one and probably the most important one is that God does not waste your time. And so you might be thinking, man, I'm wasting my time here. I should be doing this or maybe I should go and do this job or whatever you know god has you in your present season for a reason and so don't think that your time is being wasted he either has you there to learn or he has you there to grow and so just be thinking what lesson can i be learning in this season
0: so guess such a great last point you're not wasting time god doesn't waste anyone's time right he's he is wise he is sovereign he is in control he's directing steps and even if things are tough He's there with you. The Lord is with you and he's growing you. He's mm-hmm. he sh- He's forming himself in you and you're learning how to trust him. And so a book we've referenced before here, The Tale of Three Kings, it is just such a great framework for young leaders, especially when you're young, you want to make sure that you're not an Absalom. And when you're old, you want to make sure that you're not a Saul. You, know, you just want to have the heart of David. And surely David would have been tempted to think in the early days, God's wasting time. Like I'm, I'm on the wrong path. And it turns out he was on exactly the right path. And so that could be a great read if you haven't. But, friend, this is really, really fun. It's fun to have you on this side of the podcast. It's fun to and be in the seat. You did a great job. And I will <laughs> say there was nothing that you said, Ashley, that I haven't seen you practice and implement. So you weren't asking people to do anything that you haven't done yourself, that you don't model. And uh, everything you just said, I, I could give examples uh, for it. And. You know, even uh, I'm sure you, you show me a lot of grace, and uh, but I never feel like you question my motives. You 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 ask me questions, but you don't question my motives. You're a, you're such a big fan of, of everything uh, that we're doing. You you give and receive feedback really really fluidly and uh, naturally. And again, I, I just I know that you assume the best about me and everyone else you work with. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks for having integrity for everything that you said there, and. Uh, it's always fun to work with you, friends. So thank you. Hey, it's and, fun uh, to be here. Yeah, if you want to uh, give a shout out to Ashley, you can reach us at clp at watermark.org, clp at watermark.org. We'll take any uh, questions, any ideas for future episodes. Um, but friends, hopefully today, there was something here that would be um, helpful to you if you are a young leader working for someone you don't respect and also older leaders. Had to think about what it would be like to be under your leadership and would you respect you would you want to work with you uh, would you be blessed would you have a sense like you're growing and and better because you work for you the great questions to ask uh, but friends we hold you in high regard keep going keep doing what you're doing god bless you and we'll talk to you again next time